Thanks for joining the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, where we discuss best practices in HR, hot topics, strategy, and employment law changes that have an impact on business. Follow us on our website at www.zeniumhr.com to get access to our articles, alerts, and to listen to other podcast episodes. And now, here's your host, Brandon Laws, with today's episode. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for another podcast episode, and I have with me a returning podcast Podcast guest, veteran. Podcast <laughs> veteran, Molly Kelly, and we're so happy to have her again uh, with us today. So we're actually, today we're going to talk about training development, and we're going to kind of take it uh, to another level and talk about something we did at Zenium that hopefully other people can replicate, and, and we're in the beginning stages of it, so... Uh, who knows what it's going to end up like, but Molly's the ringleader of it, and we're going to we're going to talk about that whole thing from her perspective. So, let's first and let's start off by talking about uh, retention, development, all those things. Retention is a huge issue, and part of it is developing skills and, and all those things that. that develop for the skills that you actually want in your organization mm-hmm. to keep employees engaged, to keep them to keep them moving forward, absolutely. right? Yeah, progress. Absolutely. So, Talk about why that's important for not only employees, but for the company, the culture, all of those things. Yeah. You know, we found, um, I might even mention this in past podcasts, but a lot of our client companies and companies that we've partnered with um, over the years consulting, coming out of that 2009-2010 um, economic dip, were a little reluctant to start throwing money into salaries and compensation increases. A lot of them had gone into kind of a dormant period where they'd had salary freezes. Some even had salary decreases. And when you're not sure if the economy is really turning around and you want to retain your top talent and develop and grow them, one way of doing that at a kind of a one-stop basis is to you know offer training and development opportunities that doesn't necessarily then translate into kind of an expected or anticipated year-over-year salary increase. And so we had a lot of organizations that were reaching out to us and other training organizations to say, we want to bring in uh, training and development or executive coaches to, to help our people learn and grow, um, because that is a way of investing in them that, you know, that really matters to folks. We hear a request for training and development from almost every employee in the organization, regardless of industry. People want to know more, want to grow. And it's in some ways... You know, it's a financial impact that um, is small for the company at times, but has such long-term growth opportunities available for the employee. So that was a really interesting kind of realization for me personally as somebody who is is a big fan of training to see that it's a a way of rewarding somebody and retaining people and letting them feel like, you know, hey, we, we care about you, we're investing in you, and we see you sticking around and growing and learning within the organization for a long time. And it's become a huge component of HR. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really proud of our um, training team, particularly because we've really become known for that. And Mm -hmm. the the strides that I've been able to see with my clients over the last few years in terms of when we've really doubled down on training and had great, you know, training programs that we put in front of people and asking them what they want to do in terms of training and development and coaching and growth. Um, boy, the the return on investment is, you know, three, four, five fold sometimes. So, And when we talk about training and development, are we talking about training for certain skills that are important to that person, like that individual's job? Yeah. Or 
just you know leadership skills or other soft skills or technology or whatever it's so broad i mean i think when i think about training and development that can be everything from a mentoring program so partnering someone with someone they can grow with uh, on a one-on-one basis casually or formally whatever that looks like um, all the way up to your more for, you know formal um, training courses on you know let's say professionalism in the workplace or leadership development and coaching so there's just so many uh, paths that you can take and so many uh, venues now that you can use or so many methods of conveying training. So whether that's mentoring one-on-one or webinars or, you know, giving people access to you know, great business books, like we have our book club that, you know, kind of instills values in education and conversation. You know, we just had that last night and it's, it's a fantastic way of learning and growing as a team and an individual. Um, and then of course, what we tend to think of is the more formal seminar type trainings where you bring in a trainer or you have somebody on site who's training uh, and developing folks and helping them grow. So it can be those are valuable things. for sure. But Absolutely. I think, I think people want to learn a lot of different ways. So yeah, being yeah. able to offer some of those resources. Absolutely. Are, are yeah. Huge. You need to meet your learners where they are. So you've got folks that learn better in, you know, a 15, 20 minute webinar snippet, um, you know, you've got folks who are auditory learners, so they might just be putting on a, a webinar in that sense. You've got folks who are or podcast team, or podcast, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And then, of course, you've got folks who learn better through doing. So, you know, really mentoring or cross training or things like that might really be more beneficial to them. So, it's really managers meeting with their employees and figuring out how do you like to learn and what do you want to learn and is it you know something that we could really encourage? It's relevant to what we're doing. Maybe it's not, but it really would keep you here longer. So maybe I'm in an accounting team, you know, role right now, but I really would love to learn more about, you know, presenting in front of a a crowd. And so maybe I'm going to partner up with somebody on the HR side who's doing more benefits, you know, conversations with employees and things like that, or training and development with their clients. So kind of realizing where people are and where they want to go. Yeah. And you sort of answered my next question, but I think we can expand on a little bit more really what do you think it does to an individual either in, in the short term or the long term because yeah. I think there's there's both there's yeah. the long term implications for sure like you, you grow you develop yeah. you know this sort of thing. absolutely yeah you know I think um, engagement is a huge huge buzzword this year um, the, you know there's a bunch of studies that have come out recently that are kind of talking about employee engagement and it's it's again not a buzzword but something that we see in terms of workplace happiness if people feel like they're engaged and they're um, personally engaged with their coworkers, and then of course engaged with their work and learning and growing then that has a huge contribution to employee retention and frankly recruitment so people who are engaged are going to recruit in additional you know coworkers or friends or colleagues or family members that are engaged and ready to go so it just adds so much to the culture um, so really finding a way to you know help people connect with the the work that they're doing and with the impact of their work so kind of the why so for us you know putting somebody who might be in more of a behind the scenes role in let's say the payroll department they aren't frequently out in front of clients so or let's say with a you know client company if I'm a manufacturer of a widget putting that person in front of a customer and really hearing what they're doing is is how that impacts another company or another employee or another you know, customer can be a huge, huge connection piece, and it increases engagement and enthusiasm in general. So, let's switch gears a little bit because there's something we're doing at Zenium. We're, yeah. we're basically we have a, a gap in yeah. terms of what what we need yeah. uh, training and development. Right. 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 So we we do workshops on a regular basis, and we're you know we're expanding to webinars and all those sort of things, but. We have a couple people that love training on a regular yeah. basis, but we're yeah. trying to develop 
uh, other folks in the organization who we know are uh, you know, have the knack for speaking, yeah. but we need to develop those skills. Absolutely. So talk about maybe why we're trying to develop and then what, what we're doing yeah. right now. Okay, I'd be happy to. I'm so <laughs> proud of this series. <laughs> Me so, too. Me too. Yeah, so Susie and I are kind of the, you know, one and a half members of the training team right now for Zenium, and we've got a lot of other folks that are out there training, but in terms of truly dedicated training resources within the training department at Zenium, you know, we're kind of a, a two-woman show. So um, we have amazing folks that are out there already training clients um, or um, educating and supporting clients maybe on the business development side. Um, certainly our payroll teams are, are informing clients about you know payroll taxes and how these reports impact this and what you can and can't do in terms of final paychecks. So we spend a lot of our time as an organization educating other people. Commu- yeah, communicating, communicating with them. Exactly. Um, but what we've realized is that you know we, we really, some of our absolute best assets as a company are, are, in fact, in my mind, and I think our leadership team's mind, our best assets as a company are our people. Um, the enthusiasm and the passion that we have uh, for for kind of doing what we do and doing it well just shines. And so getting a broader group of folks in front of uh, clients, employees, you know, just trying to add additional support for um, all of our clients and contacts and our partners and vendors really made a lot of sense. So was Susie's brainchild, basically, was uh, to have a kind of an informal speaker series um, internally where we would help folks develop and grow their, their public you know, communication skills. And that might be, for me, for instance, doing a harassment training. So you know, my, my role calls for a lot of training in front of large groups. But we didn't want to exclude people in the accounting team and business development team and benefits and payroll because the reality is they're doing a lot of communicating also. So, you know, part of this is around how do you structure your thoughts when you have a message to communicate? How do you communicate that well with confidence? How do you build credibility? How do you, you know, engage people? So um, the, 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 where we landed, basically, the product that we've put out now for the team is something called Zen Talks, kind of borrowing on TED Talks a little bit, has a little bit of kind of the, the feel of a um, supportive environment, basically, to, for folks to learn and grow um, and develop their public speaking skills. It's sort of like, um, like the TED Talks, but yeah. with Toastmaster feel to it, right? Kind of a little bit of sort both, of yeah. Of both. yeah. We're borrowing heavily from, from you know, past uh, trainers that we've had come in to do Train the Trainer series, more with the HR team. We're borrowing heavily from, uh, you know, great TED Talks that we see. So Susie and I are spending a lot of time, you know, watching uh, other people train and give talks um, and trying to figure out, you know, what makes a really great communicator. There's a lot of really great materials out there. I mean, my bedside table right now has got 20 books on public speaking. um, And there's just so many ways that you can take it. And the biggest thing, I think, is the community engagement and support and feedback. So, you know, I train two or three times a week right now, but I could always learn something and grow. And, you know, Brandon pointing out something that I can do is going to be something else than what, you know, maybe Rich or Alicia or Tana point out to me that, that I can improve on. 360 feedback exactly. is so important. But what I was also going to mention is that you, you said you had a bunch of books at your bedside yeah. about public speaking, but yeah. I always think like, Reading and yep. research is great, but without action, it's it's yeah. only going to give you so much. Oh yeah, and the format of something like this, where you're actually you have to get you have to step out of your shell and Absolutely. you have to get up in front yeah. of peers, which is harder than anything. It I, is. I spoke in front of a group of a hundred folks before. It's yeah. probably my biggest, but yeah. getting up in front of them is. It easier. feels different. It doesn't feels it? different. It feels a lot different. <laughs> but it, getting up in front of them is easier than it is 
of 25 of my peers. I agree. I feel like I'm being judged because I care about what they think. I agree. I agree. I was more nervous for the launch of our Zen Talks series than I have been for my 75, you know, 100-person trainings. I mean, I was just – and it is because you know these folks so well, but there's also that sense that there's no one better qualified or safer to present. And I mean, if you really, you know, kind of tear it down to its bare essentials, these are my teammates who want me to be successful, who know what my typical audience is going to be and can kind of help and, you know, shape and and craft my public speaking in a way that really resonates then on the, uh, on the back end. But I I cannot tell you how many folks approached me. We just launched this, uh, Maybe two weeks ago on a Tuesday, we're going to do it the first Tuesday and of every month. Still have some homework to do. That's, you do, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Everybody's got their homework and they're worried about. It. But you know, the the day of the talks, I had so many coworkers come up to me who had signed up and said, "I don't know if I can do this. I think I'm kind of nervous. Am I going to have to talk today? Or you know, are we?" So we're we're starting out with baby steps, not throwing people in the deep end. Basically, allowing them to present to small groups versus the larger group on day one, but. Um, people will get out of this what they put in. And there is homework and there is structured reading and, you know, watching a TED Talk here or there and, you know, really digging in. And, and again, if people are investing and then also finding a, a speaker buddy or a, a mentor that they can work with, then they'll really, there's an opportunity to really grow from it. So It's funny because you go back and to our to where you started this and it became a need in the training department, yeah. right? So you're trying to develop yep. the skills and figure out who, who out there could be a potential trainer right. out of your selfish Absolutely. needs to grow the department and, yeah. and serve your clients. Yep. You needed those trainers, but at yeah. the same time, you're like, wow, well, we can actually roll this out because this skill is needed across yeah. the organization because we're constantly communicating with clients. Absolutely. We're trying to communicate with our other, our peers, whether Absolutely. if you're just an internal person. So it's yeah. funny that you developed a curriculum. I mean, I wish people could see it, and maybe we'll find a way of sharing yeah. it with the listeners. But you've fully developed a curriculum to develop the skills that yeah. are needed to yeah. communicate effectively in, in public or just in small groups. Absolutely. So maybe talk about that structure. And you don't have to go into yeah. great detail, but talk about some of the things that we're going to talk about it as a group Absolutely. and then maybe the, the homework pieces because I think that's an interesting yeah. component. That's kind of, yeah, the exciting part of it for me was to try to figure out, okay, what does, what have I seen that really, you know, that really builds a, a great presentation, whatever it is. That could be, again, just a one-on-one conversation around uh, taxes or, you know, a business developer sitting down with a prospect and and really kind of outlining Xenium. We're kind of a, a different animal, so how do you explain that? So um, obviously the place to start is to get over over your fear of communicating with another person. So really being able to have, in some part, some some uh, formats, people would call it an elevator speech. You know, who am I? What do I do? Um, and we took that one step further and said, you know, what am I passionate about? So what defines me and my role in my organization, and what am I here to, to talk to you about? So the introduction or the icebreaker speech, um, you know, to use Toastmasters format, um, is really important in terms of just sort of setting the stage for folks. And then from there, we've basically kind of, you know, gone a couple of other layers. How do you build, you know, that stage presence, that confidence, um, and then audience rapport? Um, From there, you know, we've gone on then to additional uh, kind of nuts and bolts. So if you're giving a formal presentation, which a lot of us would be, versus just, you know, a conversation, um, how do you structure that talk? So there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Um, And there's some, you know, kind of commonly accepted tips on speaking that, you know, want to kind of tell people what you're going to say and then say it and then tell them again what they've heard. So kind of how do we tap into adult learner 
uh, styles and, and make sure that we're leveraging every resource we can to make sure we're conveying whatever it is that we need to convey. So um, so that's a big piece of the, the, the conversation as well. Establishing credibility. I've seen a lot of trainers who get up to you know lead a training and immediately start knocking themselves down. Well, you probably shouldn't really be hearing this from me because, you know, I screw up disciplinary practices all the time. You know, I can't even get my dog to obey, you know, kind of thing. And so there's that piece of kind of how do we, you know, establish rapport, but in a way that really makes us credible as a speaker. So we have a section on that as well. And then a couple of other pieces, of, you know, just the the fun part of it. So Susie and I are storytellers. We like to use a lot of stories in our trainings and, you know, statistics and many studies will prove that, you know, having some kind of a personal connection and not just a bunch of data and kind of dry PowerPoint slides does not go over as well as giving people something to kind of a real world example of what you're talking about. I find the so. information sticks a lot easier it too does. if it's a story. Yeah, if you have it framed in a story. And again, you don't want to make them up. They have to be real world. I mean, that comes from that credibility piece of, of you know, kind of um, getting your, your knowledge in buckets so you can kind of share it with people. And, and having the knowledge, obviously, is the basis there. But, you know, that storytelling piece is really important in terms of giving people something, to your point, that you can, they can hang on to. So we've got a section on that. Um, we will often do, let's say for on the HR side, we'll often do um, harassment prevention trainings. And there are times when we have folks in those trainings who are really resistant to what we're sharing. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the law. It doesn't matter if it's going to make a great company culture. Um, it's, it's a tough topic to talk about because perception is a big piece of that. So one of the segments we wanted to have in there, it doesn't matter if you're talking to a client, you know, who, who is uh, fighting back on, I don't want to have to tax that, you know, this way if you're a payroll specialist or if you're somebody who's in a, you know, business development role, you know, a tough prospect who's got a lot of opposition, overcoming opposition. But how do you stay in control and really engage when you're giving a presentation and how do you overcome opposition and try to really persuade people that this is this is an idea worth considering, right? So that's another of our sections. And then, you know, we've kind of gone on from there to realize that, you know, there's persuasive elements to speaking. And then I think I'm dreading this as much as anyone else, but realizing that physically how you come across, even if it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I like the body language, yes, right? Oh, that's yeah. Huge, yeah. So we are going to bring in an element later oh, on in the, yeah. I'm like, nervous. <laughs> six months in where we're going to videotape everybody. And, you know, uh, it's it's Susie's philosophy, and I don't want to admit it, but it's probably mine too, that, you know, seeing yourself train, you know, if you have an annoying habit, you will yeah. find a way of eliminating that's it. That's I always tell people. Like, if you <laughs> want to figure out if you say the ums and ahs, Come on a podcast, Do a podcast. and then <laughs> listen to the recording afterwards. It's tough to listen to your voice, it but is. you get used to it after a while. It is, yeah. And I, it's it, there's nothing like kind of that self-critique. Usually we're our own worst critics, and sometimes that can be to an unhealthy degree. But having a supportive environment, you know, really to, to give that feedback will be very helpful. So we've got a lot of fun things coming up, you know. And it's um, over the course of 12 months. Yeah, we're going to do it for about a year. Um, and, you know, at that point, I don't know if we would start a cycle over again or if we've had everybody go through it. I mean, maybe we would change the format and have it be more of kind of a, a supportive, you know, kind of giving speeches. But, again, practice is what makes perfect. So if you're not in a role where you're doing a lot of conversing, let's say. It doesn't even have to be speeches, although we tend to focus on that or trainings. But um, if you're not in that role very often, then you may not get a lot of stage time. But, you know, your coworkers are happy to, to have you present too. So, Well, I'm fascinated to see where it goes because yeah. obviously you realize there's a gap in this area yeah. and then we're going to develop this program. And here's 
kind of what we're hoping we're going to get out of it, but maybe it can yeah. turn into something much more. So I'm hoping at the very end of this, we can come on again and talk about how yeah. um, how the employees are developed and, and right. do you get more trainers out of it or do you just get people... Uh, communicating with their clients I, and hopefully it's both. I right? Well, and I would say there's one third piece that we haven't really talked about, but mm-hmm. that I've certainly seen with the book club that we've done or other cross team task forces, even, you know, to work on internal problems. And that is, you know, when we had this, uh, the first session of Zen talks, uh, almost a month ago, um, we had, I think 35 people signed up, um, in a company size of 67. That's really great. A lot of folks are offsite and unable to attend, but that's still a lot of interest. And they were from almost every department within our organization. So we had representation from payroll and from benefits and from um, business development and from HR, certainly. Um, And that is really an incredible thing. And what's fun about that is that, you know, if it becomes nothing else than an engagement. Engagement's huge. Community. Yeah, community builder. I think it's great for the That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think I've really, that's one thing that I've loved about Zenium is kind of being able to network across departments. And so I'm hoping that if... If nothing else, even for the folks who aren't, you know, presenting in public, being able to do something together is scary, yeah. you know, as a team, you know, can be a real big team yeah. builder. So. Yeah, I do love these programs because it, it even though it, it's intended for a purpose, like the book club, as you yeah. alluded to, you're trying to develop skills and your knowledge, expand your knowledge and be open to new things. But the other component is I'm... I'm in a silo most of my day, yeah. right? I'm working on, on marketing things. I'm at my desk working on technical things. The book club allows me to share ideas with people across different departments. Mm-hmm. And I, I develop relationships with these folks and mm-hmm. I, I trust them. Yeah. And without that or without yeah. Zen talks or without some of these other training and development opportunities, yeah. I don't know if that ever happened. And I don't think right. I'd be as engaged as I exactly. Am. So I think this, if there's a lesson for the listeners is that, these programs on the surface seem like they could be a, a huge investment, yeah. but yeah. It, it has unintended consequences. Yeah, positively great returns, or, unexpected or, returns. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, we've had a lot of really positive feedback already. And granted, it's only session one, and no one's yeah. had to do public speaking yet, so that could change. Yeah. But but my my anticipation that is that people will really grow from it and enjoy it. That's that's really you know the side goal too is to have fun together as a group. So yeah. well, we'll we'll have you back on at the very end, and or maybe even in the middle if we have Sounds some good, good results, and even if there are some hopefully not bad results, but we'll <laughs> talk about that and I think it's worth talking about because um, people uh, especially those that are probably listening to this are trying to develop these they're trying to figure out where to start yeah right when they're when they're there's this gap in skills they're trying to figure out where to go from here so hopefully this can help guide some people and um Anyways, Molly, thank you for Thanks, coming Brandon. and sharing it. Uh, we're, I'm excited about the program, and um, we'll, we'll see where it goes from it's here. It's a delight. So, Keep so, on speaking. Yeah. Keep on doing your homework. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to get on that. All right. Our thank guest has been Molly Kelly. This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.